0: This podcast is from HeptagonClub.co.uk and PaulCarenza.com. The Heptagon Club. Heptagon Club. Heptagon Club with Paul Carenza. Seven guests, seven corners.
1: On this week's show, the minute I'm at plurals and words like in, which is in oh I just do films now.
0: I did play a tree reputation equals productivity times spotlight and your host mr
2: Paul Carenza
3: hello and welcome is it too late to say happy New year yes yes it definitely is well happy new week uh, if you're listening near the start of the week if you're not then I hope your week has been well, you know. I've started doing a bit of local radio, sitting in for the uh, Sunday breakfast show on BBC Sussex and BBC Surrey uh, last uh, couple of weeks, and I've loved it. Um, although the three thirty am start can sort itself out, but no, the first thing they they teach you on that is you speak to the listener as a you singular, you know, as an individual. Uh, so I hope that you, just you, sitting there, slash standing there, slash lying there, you um, are well anyway. So you, just you, I'm watching you. Sorry, i've gone too far i'll keep it keep it general anyway thank you for joining us uh, this is the first podcast of 2018 following a uh, a couple of crimbo specials we've had I went a little bit Christmas crazy but I love Christmas what can I say Uh, I'm actually I'm still writing a a Christmas play as we speak uh, to debut this July at Guildford Fringe Festival confirmed the dates today yes a Christmas play in July that's right Uh, but you can get tickets now I believe if you google Guildford Fringe Festival Uh, come and see the premiere in July of Three Wise Men by by me unfortunately Uh, but this anyway is the first podcast of the year it's also going to be the last for a bit Uh, we're going on hiatus it's the end of season two of the heptagon club i need a few months to go away and stockpile some more great guests got a few in the bank we need more so if you would like to be a guest or if you know someone who should be drop me a line paul at paulcorenza.com we we've got lots of comedians especially this week but also some muggles too uh, so on this podcast our rule is seven guests a week and we want their expertise their advice their wisdom their knowledge their anecdotes uh, and everyone's got those so whether comedian or not uh, you can get in touch get on the podcast for season three which shall hopefully return later in the year probably summer ish, but we'll see. So, this week that guest expertise or, or guest we could call it includes some comedy circuit reminiscence, baseball, how not to play a tree, and basic Italian. So, first, uh, we had this fine guest on two episodes ago on the first of our Christmas specials, Justin Edwards, actor, funny man soon in The Ferryman, in fact the Jez Butterworth play in London's glittering West End I believe uh, and most recently Justin has been seen in a variety of cinematic top tenors including the Dickens film The Man Who Invented Christmas and much more. We can also still see you in cinemas at the minute in The Death of Star, the Death of Star. and Paddington 2. And Paddington 2, yes. i am I'm not i I'm Briefly, not a... I'm
2: briefly in Paddington 2 as a policeman again which I've, yeah. uh, I've revived my, Excellent. my role in that for the benefit of my own children, because there's a lot of playground c- kudos from my dad. Excellent. Adventure. Strangely, you know, the, the kids in the playground haven't seen the death of Starland, so I don't know. No,
3: exactly. They don't mention that. What well, more shockingly, <laughs> as this is embarrassing, I didn't even know about the Paddington thing because I was saving it to watch with my children. Ah, so everyone yeah. else I know has seen and loved Paddington. Oh, it's lovely. And it sounds so amazing yeah. that I think I'm going to wait for that magical moment when for the I snow is the falling children,
2: and then. I can. <laughs> it's a really yeah. good one. Yeah. You seem to have you've made the t- big screen the jump. Um, yes, yeah, sort of. The last, although I've, I feel like I haven't been busy at all this mm-hmm. year because no, I haven't uh, sort of wrangling small children and doing yes. odd voiceovers yeah. for things but um, yeah those all those three films I did about this time last year they suddenly all right. come out at the same time so if I yeah. go, oh well they're always in the cinema mind I go, yeah I wasn't <laughs> really doing much for nine months this yeah. year
3: it's, yeah. it's just how it happens it feels like you were filming all on the same day but yeah. it wasn't quite that, that, that yes but I haven't really
2: actually done yeah. much television for this year yeah, right. which is sort of it's quite nice well it's not nice mm. for my bank balance but mm. it's quite nice to yeah the idea that oh, I just do films now. Sounds really great. Yes, impressive. that's nice. They yeah. haven't been offered anything else. Right. That's what they <laughs> think you've jumped ship now. They think they think gone. oh, yeah, this is yeah, too yeah. good for us, yeah. which is not true at yes, all. We'll uh, but you know, radio yeah. stuff. I, I seem to be uh, too much on Radio Four, but that's excellent. Yes, well, yeah. in fact, when I first in Kenya, I
3: think it was probably you doing the Radio Four
2: things, consultants, consultants things like that. Yeah, and, and loads of stuff over the years. Yes. and, and a few more dramas and things now, and I did another series with Mirosau, but Yeah, so it's been a nice
3: yeah. Year, yeah. A nice Speaking of ambitions for the year, let's ask funny man Joe Lycett, uh, who is, well, you've seen him on countless telly things. I know 8 out of 10 cats does Countdown. That's uh, one of my personal favourites. On that, he recounted how he wrote a letter protesting a parking fine uh, in hilarious fashion. Uh, his book includes other ranty letters to corporations, and it's called Parsnips Buttered. We will add that book to our Amazon Guests List, where we curate books by guests to this podcast. So, apart from letter writing and being hilarious, what else is Joe Lycett up to? Trying to learn Italian at the minute. Oh, nice. I thought I'd do that this year.
1: I'm now, according to Duolingo, the app that I'm using, I'm now 24% fluent. Oh, it's nice you can quantify that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Which means not fluent, doesn't it? Right. Yeah, Um, I suppose. Yes. I'm 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 sort of, at the minute I'm... um, Plurals and words like um, in, right, and uh, that kind of thing. Yes, which is in. So that's all you need. To that's good to know. know. There you go. Yeah. That's
3: quite straightforward, isn't it? it? Means you can be writing letters now to Italian organisations oh, as oh, that's well. I didn't think and of that. Again, I didn't think of the letters.
1: comedy. Just then thought, we well, exactly. I'll learn it for the sake that's of it. That's quite not. not applicable yes. to life. I wouldn't mind doing a gig in Italian at some point. Okay. Yes. Doing Eddie Izzard.
3: But, um, Italy, nice place to go. So if you're going to do like it, to, do do the nice place. I'd like to die yeah. on the Riviera, full <laughs> of pasta and pesto. <laughs> That's my plan. So seven guests a week. Time for another. So we mix the comics that you've heard of, maybe comics that you aren't so familiar with, and indeed sometimes non-comics as well. Uh, right now, it's a good pal of mine and comedy circuit stalwart, Matt Green. So Matt Green, Matt Hello. Green is here Hello, Matt Green. Fine comedian of, uh, of many years. We've we've kicked together a few years ago. We have. Yeah, I think I feel like we started
4: it's roughly the same kind of. time When did it's, you start? Yeah, sort of 2003, four, five. Those sort of yeah. years where I was sort of dabbling a bit, and yeah,
3: yeah. I was sort of 2001, 2002. Right. Okay. So yeah. um, So similar, similar era. The good old days. Really. The
4: days before literally everyone in the world wanted to be a comedian. Exactly. I before, like to think of it. Yes. Far more comedians <laughs> than there are spots available. Well, the days when the, the only ways you could find out. Who wanted to, you know, who wanted to give gigs out was mm. by ringing numbers in timeout oh, and yeah, by yeah. going on various weird websites mm. that that were really out of date. And you'd call somebody and they'd be like, "I haven't <laughs> run a
3: gig <laughs> for ten years." Yes, so it was normally uh, it's that era of the internet was just a, a big text list yeah. of, of stuff. And you think, yeah, this looks like it's sort of the nineteen eighties internet. Yeah. Was there one then? Yeah, it was like that. And I, I can't believe because mm. I'm not a fan of. Phone calls.
2: I don't think I
4: haven't got phone phobia, but I'm not. Yeah, you know, I'm not a fan of phone calls. I think really. I'm similar. I, yeah, you know, like if I have to yeah. make a phone call for work purposes, I'll I'll sort of um, revarcane, procrastinate for a while before getting around to it, and I'll sort of have to build myself up for yeah. it a bit. And I can't believe that. When I was a new act, I did used to just phone people all the time. You had yeah, to because yeah. email didn't really work in those days. You couldn't really get through to people on email, yeah. and Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff didn't really exist. No. So I just yeah remember making loads of phone calls where, you, yeah. and what a bizarre phone calls to have to make. of, hello, I I think I'd like to do comedy, but I've never really done it, or I've not done this before in this yeah. way. Yeah,
3: I've done five gigs, and
4: Can you have I to have introduce yourself yeah.
3: on the phone, don't you? Because they've not seen you necessarily, and the
4: vast majority of those people are just. Not interested at all, and you just have to. And most, well, to be fair, there weren't that many who were actually actively rude, but you did get quite yeah. a, quite abrupt, you know. Road, oh, not, totally, not not looking, moment. At
3: well, it suits like 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 Pete Graham downstairs at the King's Head. Thursdays, nine a.m. to eleven a.m. He's yeah. by his phone. That's the known thing, and he tells you that, and that's fine. Yeah. And at least that way, you can go. Okay, he'll pick up one. But yeah, I do. I remember calling PJ, uh, legend of South London comedy promotion. Yeah. On, um, and uh, I, I was I psyching myself up to phone him because again I've got a bit of bit of phone phobia, and I'd heard he could be a bit of a rough diamond. Yeah. And I phoned him like a, I thought Tuesday about two p.m. I won't be waking him up. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. the morning. Well, it's not like thing. nine a.m. Normally are a terrible you idea. You know, forget. Don't call it at ten a.m. You know, they could be little late and stuff. So I, I phoned Peter like two o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday, and it rang and rang and I was just about to give up, and then he, he picked up and said hello, and I said, oh hello, um, Peter, yeah, I, I've been running. Uh, doing some gigs and I hear you run a club and what? he just said oh, I'm in the bath <laughs> and then there and was that l- image was just <laughs> then, oh thanks for it. and then there was a long pause and I thought oh shall I call back no now's good and I was like oh no don't want to have this conversation yeah, really and it echoed around yeah exactly you could hear the splish <laughs> splash as he got back in again and, oh song. nice so now I know what you mean it's, it was a different age back then it was it was but, um, but, but, but the
4: good thing was there weren't quite so many millions of people trying to do it which I think was partly that was why because it was a bit more of an unknown world and it was a bit hard to work yeah. out who was who and how you got on and comedy courses existed but there weren't that many of them there was only really yeah. Logan's one and maybe the City Lit one that was yeah. kind of it whereas you know there's just hundreds uh, of something. and I guess
3: also it wasn't on TV as much apart exactly, from the yeah. BBC stand-up show on a Saturday night at midnight or something <laughs> yeah so you weren't seeing Live at the Apollo or Shiny Floor shows and thinking, oh yeah, that's a career for me. It wasn't no. a career, it was no. something you do because... Well, it was a thing not? that you just,
4: And I think that seems to have changed in the last few years that it, I definitely remember talking to people at the time and them saying, you know, you've kind of got to do it for ten years before you know whether you're good or not. Um, or you've got to do it for ten years to feel like you've worked through, you know, you've found your voice and all that. And I, and I still think that's basically true yeah. about a lot of circuit comedy. But the kind of... The process has changed so much now. The industry has changed that people are, you know, starting and getting on TV within three or four years. And that's yeah. that. You know, when we started out ten, fifteen years ago, that was unheard of. and now it yeah. happens quite a lot. You know, yeah. you've got to accept that that's just changed.
3: This is a mix as well of this of the younger newcomers mm. who come through and have been doing stand up at university. Yeah. Things like that. And then um, people who, with the whole recession and all that, have been made redundant, they're on gardening leave from the city and they're coming home and doing lots of jokes about hedge funds and things Absolutely. because
4: they can afford to. There's definitely that, and I think that has changed. There is that sort of, yeah, try it as a. Because, it, because it's now a thing that can make money. People yeah. can see that. Yes. You know, the, the, the biggest ambition you used to have as a comedian was. Become a headliner on the circuit, mm. and then maybe if you were very lucky, get a TV show out of that somehow. Yeah. You know, it
3: was a Jumbler's Weekend or something, wasn't it? Which exactly, is of course, you know, no
4: longer the thing. The Comedy Store the Weekend design. was like the, yeah. the peak, and it still is a great thing to do. But that was like the pinnacle, yeah. and now it's like that's just a lot of people just zoom straight past that. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, yeah. You know, that's barely noticeable. Yeah. You know, they're on off to you know bigger and better things, and the difference between
1: because
4: one of the things I love about comedy, and it's, this is still true, is that you still that you fairly quickly you get to work with some of the people that you knew as a as a hero you know like particularly um, if you were into comedy as a kid and particularly if you are into stand up you very quickly get to meet those guys you know you meet them at a new material night or you meet them at a charity gig or even more in Edinburgh you see them wandering around I think that's that is slightly changing as well now because now you have got arena acts you know you've got people who literally yeah. do play 10,000 seat arenas and they do still I've seen Jack Michael recently I've seen Russell Howard not that long again you know they, they do still pop in and do small gigs but that's a bit less common than it used to be I think that those guys are now on almost yeah. like a different
3: plane of existence yeah they've just discovered the keys to new venues yeah yeah The Heptagon Club
0: Seven Guests Seven Corners The Heptagon Club with Paul Carenza
3: so it's the last episode for a bit, then, as we go away and prep some more. So I'd love to hear your feedback in the meantime. What you want more of on the podcast? What you want less of? The same of, you know, our Christmas specials, for instance, only had a couple of guests and four or five guests in inverted commas that I, I just well, I talked about them. And that was it really. It was kind of cheating, but that way we can get more pods out to you quicker because I don't have to track down seven folks to join us each time. So. I'd love to know, what do you think to that? Do let me know, paul at paulcrenza.com by all means. And thank you to you if you've been with us from episode one to this episode 18. That's that's very good of you. Uh, And I do remember back then our regular quick fire questions uh, well here's one that we asked to three fine actors who we've had previously guesting a few episodes ago cameron potts Anna newcomb and nicholson they've been touring a monk's tale last year so how do they cope with the heptagon club question of questions so a standard question for guests which of the seven wonders of the world would you visit with which of the seven dwarves while feeling oh. which of the seven deadly sins amazing okay, so ooh.
0: first question little
5: yes. more
0: a little bit of a reminder just a
5: little cheeky reminder
0: there's anyone out there who doesn't I'm that, know I'm there's absolute... just the benefit of the listeners more than myself to you know you've forgotten
5: it. and you want to remind yourself of the
0: list
3: <laughs> I'm really fine if you want to create a new wonder that's not or a new dwarf or a new just just sin it's really not what a problem are
5: the wonders? so you've know, got wonders. the Great Wall of China I don't
1: know you've got the
5: Pyramids
3: of Giza it's not my job to know these things you've
5: got the Hanging Gardens of Babylon you know the Pyramids of
1: Giza that's not what is it the Pyramids
3: it's the Jesus. one most people know, isn't
5: it? Yes, the great. So, it's the Great Wall of China. Yes, one. you can see it from out of space. No, you can see it from space, not be out, of space. out of that would out, space. Out of space. impressive. space is
3: what people say. Yes, um, Wall of
5: China, uh, Wall of China, pyramids, Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Um,
1: What's so good about them?
5: They're there's, one of the wonders of the ancient world. There's, well,
3: there's an ancient and there's a modern. Isn't there. And there's wow. a lighthouse. Is the Statue wow. of Christ the Redeemer in Rio a modern wonder? Might be. Might be a modern one because th- I'm pretty sure the pyramids are the only ones of the original ones still My mother's standing. baked
5: Alaska. That's um.
3: Those are that's really? a modern wonder. Well, nice. it, what about
5: that thing that we keep passing on the motorway? The Stonehenge. Is that <laughs> one? <Stonehenge>. I was thinking <laughs> the engine of the
3: north myself, but okay. Yes.
5: <laughs> Stonehenge. And it's the A303,
3: not a motorway. I don't want uh, to pick no. you up. No, you know. Know. But do you know what?
5: We, If we had taken the correct road and followed the sat-knife two weeks ago, we would have passed it.
0: We did. we did we did not take the a 3 we Turbusters took the M3 and we got you, oh.
5: terribly lost uh, got rid of you I had a lovely indeed. moment
0: with Stonehenge I was like it's not obviously someone got up and put it there <laughs> this is ridiculous you who you thought that? this assembled on the I so... recently n-
3: nearby there's a woodhenge do you know that a what there's a woodhenge near Stonehenge
0: oh. there are a couple of henges
3: going on obviously it's
0: the same person clearly it's the
3: <laughs> same <laughs> prankster it's Jeff Henge
5: you know he's just built uh, <laughs> <filled> it all <laughs> I think back to the yes. I can't remember any of the rest of them, but I think I would go to the the Great Wall of China with Dopey, (laughs) um, who is uh, one of the dwarfs, and I think my deadly sin would be avarice. Right, because I would then. Fancy word. he knows it all, doesn't he? he I, the I, I basically pushed dopey down the Great Wall of China and just watch him bounce and roll. Whatever. It's like not particularly nice, it's is it? pushing it's, little people, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just, which is also, we can make up it's a very specific thing. All of
5: these three things, yeah, yeah. clearly. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like Cluedo. Yeah. it's yes. like dining room with <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Mrs.
5: White and a screwdriver, and no
3: one would ever guess that one. You would win. That's it, yeah, indeed. Yeah.
5: Um, maybe we'll go on the time bridge. The Time Bridge. As the majority. Yes. Nice. With Sting. Um, no. Um, ant or Deck. Uh, no, no, probably. Right. What are these, the other well, dwarves? Deck would be the dwarf, wouldn't he? Probably sure. Doc. I always have quite, quite a sort of. Ant, affectionate.
3: ant, ant and Doc.
5: Yeah, ant, <laughs> quite an affection for um, Doc. I thought, you know, he's like, oh, I a moron. I'm like, you know what? He's, he's running um, the show here. So I'd probably go Time Bridge with Doc. And what are what the sins? Oh, um, uh, yeah. But Probably nice just eat loads. Yeah, me and Doc would
0: just get, re-
5: get really stuffed, g- gorge yeah. myself with Doc.
3: More from Cameron and the Annas in a bit on uh, perhaps the worst acting job they've ever had. But first, let's ask Matt Green about his acting CV, which includes a fair chunk of telly. You have done many TV appearances. I've done a few, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, It's either both um, ah. extras, I seem to recall, is that mm-hmm. right? I right. right? I saw you in Finding Neverland, I seem yes. to remember. On. Um, yeah. Adverts are plenty as well. Yeah, I've done. It's funny. I think, I think I have one of those
4: faces because in that people think they see me and more things than I actually okay, have. Okay, so done, maybe I haven't seen you. Um, I've literally yeah. done none. No, no <laughs> yeah, I, have done, yeah, yeah. I have done a few, and, yeah. but I, I do sometimes get people saying, oh, I've, seen, "I've seen you in this, this, and this." And I think, no, you haven't. I've, I've only done one of those. Or, you know, yeah. um, but I think that's because if you've been on television, people sort of assume they've seen you in other things as well. Yeah. You know. yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, adverts are a funny one because they get shows so often yeah. and because I don't watch that much TV with adverts in it I tend to watch you know, Netflix and that sort of yeah. thing I'm one of those guys um, I don't really see that many adverts so I sort of forget when I'm in an advert that people, there are some people who watch I think particularly people like football where there are adverts you know, every yes. uh, every yeah. game at half time and at the end of whatever and so one of the things I was in one ad I was in a few years ago was, in, was apparently used a lot in the football. So just oh, I, I would mean. get people recognising me from that. And yeah, I'd be like, oh I've not quite I'd forgotten I've done it, but there was an element of like, oh, oh yeah, 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 I am in that, aren't I? But some, for some people, they must have seen that my face ten times a day. Is it, is
3: it people not knowing where they've seen you from? There is an element of that, that definitely. definitely. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah, I think when they see you at a gig, they then assume they've seen you on TV and they assume it's not the week a number of times. Oh good, that's good.
5: Me, oh, you don't know what we got. And I used to,
4: I used yeah. to correct them and say, no, no, that is. isn't Yeah. But now I just yeah. accept it. I you accept could use that. Up. That's good. It's too sad to kind yeah. of go. No, no, uh, no. It might be an advert. It's not an advert. And you go. Yeah. Nah, no, probably, no probably, probably. Probably is actually. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> the other one is Garth Marenghi. Oh yeah, dark, dark Place, Base. I mean yes. that very briefly. I've got two small okay. cameos in there because right. well, I knew a Richard and John show. a bit, um, and they sort of would, basically for some of the small parts, they sort all of got in there, sort of made right. some people they sort of vaguely knew. Yes. Um, I think basically because they couldn't pay very much and they just needed okay, to you know, yeah. get people in. But it was great, you know, I love The Dark Place, I love the Garth Marenghi live shows, yeah. um, which I saw in Edinburgh, so I was you know, very happy to be involved in. yeah. And um, But again, that was a show that sort of slightly disappeared when it was shown. Channel 4 didn't really promote it, but then yeah. it's become a cult hit since mm. then. You've got a good range then, from cult hit yeah, to, yeah.
5: to adverts abroad. broad... You know, yeah, broad yeah, it's thing. fun. I did play a tree. Okay. So oh, we'll be in my we'll be in you know there. my expensive drama school training yeah. yes came in handy because I was I was being a tree swaying in the breeze nice you know, nice fulfilling every performer stereotype.
3: I remember yeah. a, a, my, uh, at my school, uh, which were not proper actors of course, they were pupils mm-hmm. who were forced to be in productions, and there was a play. I can't remember what the play was called, but it involved a forest. And to, to give all the children parts, the school, everyone was a, was a tree, basically. <laughs> yeah. But while the, act, the proper actors, you know, there's always one or two actors at oh, school, yeah. I mean, you were, you were clearly them, well, who could no, act, really. you know. You'd just sing You, um,
0: you, you were the... I was a late but, bloomer. Yeah, really, bloomer. it was like many of the trees.
3: And, um, <laughs> but while, 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 while the um, <laughs> while the, uh, the actors were doing their thing, it was quite a long, it was like 20 minutes of these kids having to just stand stock still. And then mm. they started fainting, no. one by one. You could just see like one or two. Suddenly, oh, nice. just keeling over because like, they've been. Stand- they were like little 11, oh, 12 year twelve-year-olds standing with their arms in the air for, for too long. Yeah, lactic wow. acid is a killer, it is, isn't it? Well, it is, well, yeah. it it is the majority right? yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we've all played trees on stage. Although if Justin Edwards were too, well, it would be a mighty oak, I'm sure, because he's uh, he's six foot five. I'm not talking about any wooden acting here. No, Justin. In fact, well, far from it. He can be seen very soon in one of the best plays in London under director Sam Mendes of all people, and writer Jez Butterworth, it doesn't get any better than that.
2: You're rehearsing now for the next exciting thing. The next... The Ferryman. The Ferryman, which yeah. Is starting January, which what is January. What a place. So that's been on... Uh, that's been on since about May, when it transferred yeah. from Royal Court to the West Indian Mount? I think, I want to say May yeah. of this, of last year... And it's being extended to May. So with the third cast, that's a great play to do, isn't it? Yeah, it's an Extraordinary. Play, with a, yeah. Quite remarkable a talented so. bunch of people as well. I yeah, think. No, they're all they're
3: all very good. Yes, yeah, yeah. Of, of went, yeah. of which you are certainly part. Of, so, you oh, yeah, know, yeah, I, yeah. I don't yeah. want to say <laughs> you won a competition or anything. That's no, but you, it's a but a fair like play like, uh, to you. You know, no, no, fair no, play no, to you. Well, well done. Good fun, so yeah, good on, on you.
2: Five months of uh, actually having to work. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, as long as we can always lure you back for Jeremy Lyon for the stage, that's fine. That's all we need to know. Yeah, brilliant. If you don't know Jeremy Lyon, well, we talked about this character of Justin's a couple of episodes ago go it's still one of my favorite shows i've ever seen at the edinburgh fringe it's online seek out jeremy lyon's 12 drinks of christmas which rather inappropriately brings us to our bring a bottle segment where we ask you to bring something to the party apart from your ears you've brought those ears and they're lovely very nice ears but listen we're on a a big long break after this episode so your bring a bottle suggestion is simply to not forget about us it sounds sad doesn't it I mean, stay subscribed. More will appear in your podcast app soon enough. Subscribe others in our absence. In other words, grab your friend's phone, open the podcast app, search Heptagon Club, click subscribe, get them listening to this and our back catalogue. And look, if you want to lure us back sooner, you could donate. Uh, I'm just saying, via HeptagonClub.co.uk, there is a donate button, or, or there's a Patreon button at the top for regular giving if you'd like to. Someone did actually donate last time we were on a break, and it did work. It lured us back sooner. So it does actually it does actually work. If you miss us in the next few months, chuck us some cash And it will make me feel bad for not putting any podcasts out. So I will probably return to the pod field a little earlier were that to, to happen. And as I roam the land in the next few months seeking guests, I could be interviewing you. So if you think our paths might cross, if you're a comedian perhaps or a friend of mine, let me know if you fancy being a guest. If our paths won't cross, you can email me a couple of minutes of, of audio joy, simply you, waxing lyrical on something that you know lots about. Educate us, entertain us, evangelize to us about your passions and areas of expertise. In fact, that is what one listener has done and he's on before the end of the episode today. Listen on, you will hear exactly what I mean. But I welcome your self-submitted, self-recorded, Self invited entrance to the Heptagon Club. A couple of minutes on whatever stirs your soul. Email paul at paulcarenza.com. Brandon Isleep did, and more of him in a mo after a smidge more from comedian Matt Green. I found my old list uh, recently of. I used to keep a little log of number of gigs I'd done and a mm-hmm. little rating out of five and who yeah, was yeah, on I with and that stuff. All, yeah. And I've, I've stopped doing it after about 500 gigs or something, yeah. but I found. Uh, I think it like gigs numbered like 297, 298, whatever. This was 2004, I think it was Yeah. And uh, Like five nights in a row For a start, you could gig five, six times a week in London Which was yeah. great Yeah. And five nights in a row, it was like Russell Grand on Monday yeah. uh, Dara Breen on Tuesday uh, And Paul Foot on the bill as well Or something And then uh, the next night was um, Alan Carr mm. The next night, and, you know uh, Omid Jalili yeah. was the next night So yeah. all in that one week, and that was an, an, a normal week yeah. That and they were just
4: regular acts time. They were certain yeah. acts, weren't they you know, They were beginning to dabble in Bit of TV, maybe, yeah. but it was basically one that. or
3: two of them might be doing a theatre tour or something. Mm-hmm. But there was certainly no arena.
4: No, no, it's yeah. funny, no. Because it? it feels like that time, it was like it was sort of the golden age where there was a whole reservoir of talent of people who had been working on the circuit for a long time and had got really good, but without any uh, outlet for it, really, without yeah. any, without because they weren't wanting to make a sitcom or they weren't wanting to be. They weren't wanting
3: to make their own show in some way. When stand-up was on TV before, yes, yeah. there was like you know the, the BBC stand-up show and Jack Dee mm. um, had those. It was really paving the way with his Channel Four show mm. that he had. And the first series of Live at the Apollo was just Jack Dee mm. uh, and and a Live at the Apollo. I think it was fun. actually yeah. yeah, something like that. And then, um, he was part of the title. At least. Yeah, and he was doing uh, at least half. I think the first episode one was just him. I think. Mm then uh, episode two onwards he had guests but yeah. he was still doing a good half hour himself it was very much him presenting it wasn't yeah. it? it was like his it was like what
4: Michael McIntyre's Comedy Rotary yes, became exactly. later yeah. you know, it was like that for the
3: first. because I remember thinking wow this guy this year has turned over probably yeah. two to three hours worth of hollow yeah. quality material yeah. and then of course by and I was thinking oh what are they going to do for series two and then of course series two goes I'm just going to do one and then yeah. everyone else can take it and then from there on yeah, yeah, yeah. so in a way that was the weird sort of bridge between the old yeah. kind of 90s TV stand up of Jack Dee going through a cellar yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the shiny floor and it's funny how we have. I think also now because there's so much more probably on the telly
4: and it was everywhere that I think it's much harder to make that impact that you know I remember seeing Frank Skinner on have I Got Used For You in the 90, early 90s sometime. And that was his first big TV appearance anyway. But yeah, he did one big show on telly, and that, that was all he needed, you know, and then that catapulted him into the mainstream. You know? and
0: that's,
4: yeah. Whereas you now I, I feel like you'd have to do 10 appearances on those sorts of shows before he's like, oh, who's that guy? I yes, i re- recognize him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's what happened. That's why comics now can feel... To us, to other comedians, like they get sort of overexposed because yeah. you just keep seeing them, but you think yes. well, that's because we know who they, they are. And they, yeah, but so they have you keep to keep noticing them. But totally. Actually, the, the general audience is going, "That's yeah. oh, just another comedian." You know, yeah. there are so many of us.
3: And it's, it's bizarre when you you go out there, particularly into the provinces, yeah, and you hear audience members speaking about comedians, and mm. they don't—they still actually only know about five or six yeah. comedians. They don't know a Catherine Ryan or something like that, which is big to us. Yeah. They don't recognise
4: her. But it yeah, they might know, they, know, you know. Might, oh, that yeah. one who yeah. was
3: on that thing of the yeah, whatever. Yeah. But they don't know these people generally. If you
4: said to a random person in the public, you know, someone in the street, name five comedians, you'd, I'd be surprised if more than two of them were people that would consider sort of alternative comments. You know, you'd get Billy Connolly, you'd get <laughs> Victoria Wood probably, or who, maybe even people like Rowan Atkinson, you know, John Cleese. You, you might get a Russell Howard or a Michael McIntyre or Peter K. But even then, probably not as often as you'd expect, you know. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's just amazing, you know, that um, comedy still
3: still has a slightly underground feel. Yeah, it does, actually. Surprisingly so. So let's delve into this a little further. Why is it, then, that Joe Public only knows a certain number of comedians, regardless of others being just as good? Well, someone has unpicked this in book form. Not so much about comedian success, but sports players and particularly baseball. Brandon Islieb is a Seattle based writer and baseball fan, and he's written about this exact thing how popularity and media affects a performer's reputation as well as their own talents. So, Brandon has really done exactly what we're asking about in this week's Bring a Bottle. He has sent us in his contribution. We've had this once or twice before, but it's rare, so we are delighted to open the Heptagon Club doors for a podcast listener, baseball expert, Brandon Islieb.
0: When I wrote my book, Playing for a Winner, How Baseball Team Success Raises Players' Reputations, one of the key things I was trying to get at was, why is it that two equally good performers in something can have widely different popularity? And the key thing that I came up with is an equation for you, for me, for anyone's life, that reputation equals productivity times spotlight. You have to do something, and someone has to notice you doing it. And with that, um, I put all kinds of sporting endeavors on a spectrum from Disney films to the show Lost, where Disney films have a few characters, a really easy-to-follow premise, so it's very easy for people who don't even care about films or plots or narrative to jump in, have a good time, jump out. Lost has a much higher barrier to entry, but because it's more intricate, it's also more rewarding for the people who really invest in it. So it has a really invested following, even as the show has been done for years. And you can put any sporting endeavor on the same spectrum. When Tiger Woods was dominating golf, I didn't know any other names in golf, but I could name at least one golfer, and that made me think, oh, I know a little bit of something about golf. No, I just happen to know a really popular athlete named Tiger Woods, and I know what sport he plays. Golf is more interesting, as is any sport, when there are a variety of winners, when more teams have a chance of doing something. But their taking turns in the spotlight makes it harder for the non-fan to follow. So it's sort of an inverse relationship, like with Disney and Lost, between intricacy and and ease of getting into, ease of knowing it. I quantified that for baseball because I know baseball well, but you could do that for anything else if you want. You could do it for Hollywood films, music sales, anything like that. When you're frustrated that people go, oh, I love TV, and then they can't name anything that you like, well, maybe that's part of it. They're sort of just following what the news has for them. They're aware of some celebrities. They could name the top five answers on pointless, but not any pointless answers. That's kind of what's going on. And it's been fascinating to try to track it down and quantify it.
3: Playing for a Winner by Brandon Islieb is, uh, is going to be on our Amazon Guests list, where we collate any book written by a Heptagon Club guest. They are all there. Brandon's baseball book, uh, Joe Lycett's book of letters, my Christmas book, and in fact, I've got two children's books out next month. They are on there too. Noah's Car Park Arc and Moses and the Exodus Express. If you go to our Heptagon Club Facebook page, you'll see a link there for the Amazon Guests list. So go and buy some books. So this is it. We're off now for a long holiday. Stay subscribed. Find me on Facebook. Paul Carenza is my page. At Paul Carenza on Twitter. I will keep you abreast of all I'm up to. uh, Which in the next few months will be gigs and writing. Uh, Not going out returns to BBC One very soon. I've got uh, some words in that. I've got the new kids books. They're out in February. Uh, I'm doing a mini tour that's like a bluffer's guide to the Bible. Mostly via pop songs. Um, I'm doing the new Christmas play. Premiering in Guildford in July. I'm on the radio plenty hoping for more with BBC Sussex and BBC Surrey definitely on radio 2 pausing for thought lots of that coming up if you're uh, listening in fact right now and uh, as i'm recording this then uh, January 25th February 2nd uh, February 9th and February 24th are the next radio 2 breakfast show slots about 9:20 in the morning uh, in the meantime for your listening pleasure there's my old podcast movie banter if you really fancy that's still on iTunes there's a 100 odd episodes of that so that'll keep you busy There might also be a new pod project soon that I'm doing with James Carey, something biblical and funny. That is the plan. Uh, But more info on that as it comes in on Twitter and Facebook. Do uh, give us a rating or a review on iTunes in the meantime. That would be really, really nice of you. Thank you to my guests. Thank you to Rob Halligan for the music, Sam Gold for the logo design, and you for listening. We're probably back in a few months. Hey!
1: anybody said to
3: you today and uh, and yes, if you donate on heptagonclub.co.uk or Patreon on the same page that will, I'm sure lure us back sooner so if you miss us you know what to do but failing all else happy January happy Valentine's happy Easter happy 2018 see you after a while and as Tiny Tim observed sorry, he, he was very childish